and welcome to Hockey Development Talk. Today um, I am at Lillishaw with Danny Crowther. Hello. Evening, Gary. Hey, it is evening, yes. Might not be to anyone else's listening, <laughs> but it is evening. Um, Hayden? Yeah, good day, thank you. Nice good. and busy out yeah. on the pitch for a, a good stint of time today. So, um, looking forward to having a chat and reflecting on some of the stuff we've been doing. Indeed. So, we're here to talk about goalkeepers. Do you mm. want to talk about your roles, what you do, where you're at, etc.? Yeah, so very quick potted history. Um, currently working um, in the NAG setup as under 16 and under 18 um, girls goalkeeping lead working in performance center in the midlands as goalie coach there um, and also at uh, Rexton school doing some goalkeeping work with them and have previously worked in the pathway at ac jrpc level um, and various clubs a uh, couple of other schools as well um, both outfield coaching and goalie coaching awesome yeah uh, so if we stick to the goalie coaching element at the moment so yep. it's a big topic lots of people struggling with integrating a lot of people struggling with developing goalkeepers with regards to technical shaping some see it as two different things between the integrating and technical shaping some see it as joint together so I just thought who, who better else to ask what, what do we do <laughs> yeah what, what do we do and, and what do you do so I think let's talk about it obviously by the time they get to you yep people will go wow we can integrate them you can do all this bonusy type stuff because they're kind of not ready made but they're they're kind of there but actually that's not really the case is it there's still a lot of work to do oh tons um yeah. i think that's that's probably one of the um areas that you, you have to be particularly conscious with with goalkeepers um as a group um I belong to that group, or at least like to feel I do. Um, we're probably quite critical, uh, quite self-critical. Um, some would say perfectionist because of the consequence um, that's perceived to be on a goalkeeper making a mistake, if they want to use that terminology. Mm -hmm. um, and particularly with young goalies, it's something I think we should be avoiding. Um, but they, they perceive a mistake to be you know, the ultimate consequence, concede a goal, um, and therefore I've, I've let myself down, I've let the team down, I'm, I'm not doing my job. Um, I think there's some some really easy wins that straight off the bat people can, particularly with younger goalkeepers, start to have conversations around. The language can be really important. So did we let the ball in? I don't know any goalkeepers that have let deliberately let a, a shot in, um, thrown a game, anything like that. Um, I'm not aware, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so we don't want to get into a match-fixing scandal, no. but um, you know, are we saying that they let it in? Is it a you? Is it an us? Did we concede? Did you concede? Mm. Some of that terminology um, and something that I've been speaking to other coaches this week about is actually the fact that we're going to concede goals. It's the whole point of the game. Mm. Um, if no one scored a goal in a game of hockey and every game was guaranteed to end nil-nil, no one would play, no one would watch. I don't think we'd have a game for very long. So that's not to take a defeatist attitude. It's just trying to bring a sense of realism um, because we have so many goalkeepers that are so focused on keeping everything out of the net mm. and ultimately they're not going to be able to do that no, no, and I suppose with outfield when you talk about that with outfield mm -hmm. we have these six development themes yep. so you know uh, move the ball carry the ball goal score when we're in possession yep. or out of possession would be you know the win the ball back, apply pressure, deny space. Mm -hmm. Goalkeepers have their own themes. So do you want to go through some of those with us? Yeah, so three three big things to, to focus on. Um, 
and this, this doesn't matter what what sort of environment that you're working in. I think they've they've got a lot of value, um, wh whichever stage of a goalkeeper's um, journey and whatever their playing experience is. Um, so the the working on the ground, um, both the the initial saves, so the smothering, the diving, and then also the the secondary saves and some of the messy stuff in and around the goal mouth. Um, their ability to to talk and organise um, and and manage their teammates and and work collectively together to keep the ball out of the net. Um, another sort of phrasing and mm. perception of the game that I'm really keen on. Collectively, we keep the ball out of the net. Um, and then also their ability to have effective save techniques so that they're saving and clearing the ball away from danger. Yeah. So, you know, three things there that have got no given emphasis on any particular technical um, ability, but are encapsulating all the different elements of decision making in terms of whether to stay up, go to ground, whether to kick, whether to dive, whether to smother, so on and so forth. So it encapsulates the whole game within mm. those three things. So let's talk about, we'll, we'll, we'll sort of start at the top and work our way down and top for me being yep. the environment we've seen today, the <laughs> national age group squads. How do you, how do you work that? How do you, how do you come in? So. Pick a theme, pick some points around it. Uh, they get the rewards. So, do you want to talk us through how that how that would work? Yeah. So, I think if if anyone is in the, the fortunate position to be in, incorporating a, a a goalkeeper specialist, um, so called, then really involving them in the planning process. Um, more important than that, there's there's been some really good examples of coaches engaging with the goalkeepers um, to, to incorporate them into the planning and say you know what would what would you benefit from where do you feel that you could be um, really well involved and, and sort of first point of thought in in this structure um, rather than going what does this give my outfield players and I appreciate that there's a numbers comparison there mm -hmm. so people will have a, a bias and a just an experience of going towards session design from a what does it afford the vast majority of my group um, yeah. and goalkeepers can sometimes feel sidelined as a result of that yeah. um, I think if your your playing principles are or your session focus you can you can go macro or micro with this are particularly around some of the defensive things then we can start to break down this distinction between goalkeepers and outfield players but even between goalkeepers and defenders, mm -hmm. can we start to view it as a unit of players or our collective responsibility as a team when we're out of possession? Mm. We're all defenders. Mm -hmm. So we've got 11 players, what are we looking at? So we might say to outfield players, well, we're gonna be looking at denying space, we're mm -hmm. gonna be looking at winning the ball back, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Again, tying into some of the, um, the terminology, both in the talent development framework and some of the work that preceded that. So I say the same to the goalkeepers around the three elements of talk and organize, working on the ground, saving and clearing, mm -hmm. if it's getting pressure to the ball, what sort of communication are you using with your teammates to create pressure to the ball? What sort of safe techniques are you using to genuinely get pressure to the ball? Does that mean that you play in a slightly different way? Mm -hmm. Does it mean that you're operating from a slightly different position, depth in the D, things like that? Um, and make sure that it's a collective um, focus so it's not goalkeepers are looking at this mm -hmm. which tends to be from my experience um, well tonight you're focusing on talking and organizing 
I think we can be better than that. I think it's a little bit patronising, mm-hmm. speaking really openly. Um, but it, I think, it says to the goalkeepers, not too much thought's been given as to, to my role in the session. And I think that we can we can be a bit better than that. So there's no extra work that's needed, really. It's a case of, well, how can we tie this in? And collectively, it's a defending principle. It's a out-of-possession principle. How can our defenders, covered in foam, as some people refer to goalkeepers, be in a position to influence that just as much as the mm. 10 other people that are on a pitch in a game at any given time. And that could refer to movement in, in and around the G. Exactly. Yeah. So are you standing in the position that can really affect the game in, in, in that way? It, it could be the connection that's being made between them and, uh, and the team. And that's how I've took that from me listening to you. Yeah. Over there, yeah. And yeah. you know, we're, we're starting to see some things, particularly as zonal pressing mm-hmm. becomes a, a, an ever more important part of the game um, that we're seeing players. And I think some of this stems from indoor as well. And the role of the goalies changed when we went to fives and back to sixes. You'd see them running on and off the pitch. We're trying to find an advantage. Um, but we're starting to see goalkeepers that are operating akin to a sweeper keeper, mm-hmm. but out of possession. So actually not always defending the goal, but in that zonal system, going and marking a player a little bit more, like you would do an indoor sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Having some slightly different responsibilities. High and risk, but high potential risk. high reward if, you, if it works well. And you know, I think the, the risk will actually go down the more that we explore some of mm. these things, because mm. it is new, it seems riskier, but yeah. actually, um, if we're, we're built into a, a, a common way of playing and there's a language there that we all understand and it's not goalkeepers do this, the other 10 players on the pitch do yeah. this and they're two different things. It's actually, what are our principles? Are we all bought into this? Um, there can be some, some real benefit from it. So I'm really interested to see where the game goes because mm-hmm. I think there'll be some changes over the next maybe five to 10 years. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, I can't imagine that the FIH are just going to stick with where we're at. I mean, they they like to tweak things anyway, and I think the game will change yep. country to country, um, as it has in the men's game. Which, when you talk to you know coaches, every men's team was um, applying pressure high, mm-hmm. you know, man to man, and we're now going to a, a predominantly zone. You know, at some point there, how do you fluctuate between the two? Because both are quite effective. So, for sure, That's, this is probably the most. In- intelligent conversation I've had in the podcast as, as we go along there. No, no disrespect to anyone else, but we've gone, we've gone pretty deep early. That the, um, I think just take you back a little bit. We yep. talked about using the def- uh, the goalkeeper as a defender within the game. Mm-hmm. Watching the under-18 boys today against yep. England, Scotland, both goalkeepers were used. Couldn't give you a number. Probably should have started this before we had this chat, but just thinking now. Yep. They were definitely used single figures, so ball came back to them they kicked the ball out different angle to you know change the angle of attack as it used to be in yeah. some respects yeah but they were used in a in a way that was worthy of being used it wasn't just a oh you can have the ball it was a the de- the defenders saw that that was the best option to change the angle and they used them they're happy to do it yeah and i Both think countries it's it's the way that i see the game going mm-hmm. um i think I say refer to this sort of sweeper keeper we, we're naturally going to be influenced by other sports football in particular gets so much media coverage that we see people like Neuer amongst others who are having this more um, impactful role in yeah. possession and as I alluded to earlier with the, the indoor example we're looking at how we can always just create an advantage what is it we can do a bit differently as I say we've seen lots of different presses but I think we'll start to see goalkeepers forming a back three, a back five um, 
can they be that deep pivot player? Um, the, the rule changes already going to 11 outfield players no such things as kicking back anymore mm -hmm. I think we might just see over the next couple of years teams start to be a bit more creative and maybe some rule changes off the back of that where goalkeepers can play out of side of the D maybe limited to playing inside the 25 can only save a shot inside the D something like that but it wouldn't surprise me if that's where it goes um, you allude to making sure that it's purposeful mm -hmm. I think that's really important um, you know in particularly youth environments obviously let it go let people be creative we had exactly this this situation at um, a performance center session just last week real emphasis on gamification leveling up individual and team challenges and one of the goalie challenges to get up to this level two and um, to, to upskill themselves was to uh, make 10 connections um, yep. 10 passes with one of their teammates and at one point they broke the game it was brilliant they had five passes, bang, 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 between a goalkeeper yeah. um, and an outfield player over a yard each time because that levelled them up, that got them some extra points. Um, was it purposeful? For, for scoring points? Yes. For achieving the objectives of yeah. the game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In an 11 v 11 weekend match day environment, would it have been purposeful? No. So we have to challenge that. That was with an under-15 player. They were yeah. thinking about the game. They were engaging with it. So we let that sort of slide and go, well done, you've, you've found a way of accumulating points. Yeah. For me, what's the next step from there? For me in there, that, that's class in the fact of they've come up with a way of going, we only need to make 10 connections and we're a yard from each other. Let's, let's do it 10 times and then we've gone up a level. They've broke your game. It's beat the game, you know, strong magic academy stuff that I've yeah, yeah. learned over the time. But actually, you know, some goalie, some coaches would have really gone around that. But actually, you've gone, brilliant, you've broke my game. Uh, let's go to the next level and then you, we need to think so that then it should be well done to the kids for thinking outside the box <laughs> and Absolutely. makes you as a coach go just me look silly just it makes you go I've now got to think differently yeah. and I think yeah. this is where we really need to get to over the next um, the next couple of, of years mm -hmm. um, if if not sooner I mentioned before about just saying that you know your role is to talk and organize mm -hmm. it's, that, it, it's pretty tokenistic yeah. we need to be thinking at a slightly deeper level um, and I equated that, those, those five passes, to someone um, free hit just outside the D. Mm -hmm. They don't actually carry the ball five yards in any mm -hmm. given direction. They just do one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Quick little dribble, right foot, left foot, right yeah. foot, left foot. Yeah. And that's gone five. And then they can deliver. Yeah. And so what's the challenge there? Well, you get pressure to the ball. Exactly the same here, guys. Yeah, you yeah. know, let's, let's go and find a way to counteract what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so I don't think we should be shooting stuff down. No, but we've then got to challenge ourselves to add another layer of challenge on for our players. So let me just talk to you then about NAGs or PC sessions, mm -hmm. planning, yep. um, your involvement, yep. how heavily involved are you as a goalie coach coming in? And what does that look like? Is it you planning stuff to take them away and do stuff on their own? Is mm -hmm. it you planning how they're going to be rewarded in games? Is it a bit of both? How, how does it look? Um, it changes depending on where we are in the cycle. Okay. Um, we're, we're very fortunate to have had an increased number of contact days with mm -hmm. the NAGS groups this year, mm -hmm. but it's still a very limited amount of contact. Um, and we are at different points just in training or we're training towards test series or mm -hmm. we're training towards Europeans or Six Nations. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that focus as a group sometimes has to shift and change and we have to perhaps be a little bit more accommodating towards 
as a team what are our playing principles mm -hmm. and can we be really heavily involved contextually at other times when we're going through a bit more of a training block um, can we really be working on some some more work on um, perhaps in a slightly more closed environment that are then tested in contextual yeah. so always a link though always a link always a link um, yeah. so the the biggest thing that I can encourage people to do is you know and I think PC is probably the, the prime example for this ask what is the, the session focus mm -hmm. how can we link in with that with the goalkeepers mm -hmm. and as I say we'll always go to a, a defensive focus first mm -hmm. um, that's the way that I operate I have a bias towards it but then if we're building those defensive principles in then we're challenging our attackers to be better and then the defending has to raise and the attacking has to raise so that we then have some principles embedded from the get-go which can be explored throughout um, even whilst we're going into the attacking stuff we have to remember what our attacking our defensive principles are sorry um, from a personal planning point of view um, I'm always reflecting taking some video going back and asking what are the work-ons um, referring back to notes and things what are the work-ons for the goalkeepers how can we influence those in the both contextual and technical practices um, perhaps asking for a little bit of time to yeah. do some technical work um, interesting speaking to some other coaches from other sports that they were saying never heard this term technical shaping before we've gone into to hockey um, and I do think it is important there's there's no getting away from the fact that the goalkeepers aren't going to get the exposure in a in a game or in a normal training environment to the sort of touches that an outfield player could go and have just by taking themselves a stick mm -hmm. and a hockey ball down onto a mm -hmm. pitch a piece of carpet a piece of astro yeah. um, they're a bit more reactive and they have to have someone delivering a ball for them you know you can mitigate that by kicking a ball against a fence but it becomes a pretty lonely pursuit pretty quickly so there's usually a, a technical aspect but that will be driven by the goalkeepers um, particularly towards the latter stages of the program where they'll come to me and say oh this isn't quite feeling right could we just spend five or ten minutes yeah. and it's not a case of an hour yeah. just on technical block drilling yeah. um, and we'll have identified those areas of um, those pockets of time with the coaches in advance um, and then my role becomes more a observational role someone there to have conversations to throw some ideas around of things um, and and try and implement some suggestions that are either gradual work ons over the course of a program or actually a bit of reassurance um, particularly at the point that we're at at the moment we're going into a series of um, of test series now um, building up towards either the home nations tournament or the six nations for the under 16s under 18s respectively so it's been a real emphasis this weekend on a feel-good factor last training camp before that we're not going to be able to impact those development areas in any great level can we instead be instilling real confidence turning strength into super strength mm -hmm. um, and encouraging the goalkeepers to to maintain that positivity and, and enthusiasm as we go into sort of the guess the crunch end of the season as mm. they might perceive it yeah no that's cool I think how you go back just a little bit there yep. about how you said about the goalkeepers technical shaping five to ten minute period mm -hmm. uh, there that's that's similar to an outfield player getting 
going taking himself off into a golfish bowl yeah. with either coach or another player to work on some technical shaping in there. So actually, you could say here's a goalkeeper zone, a goalkeeper yep. bowl, or just get, or make no difference and just go goalkeepers. You can go in here as as much as an outfield player um, if you really wanted to. Um, if I was, that's potentially how I could I could look at it. If I've got a completely no other way, yep. no other way of, of getting that in, it'd be great. To, to have somebody specifically working with goalkeepers, but a lot of goal, a lot of coaches that were around here have have not got someone to do that. So yep. use the themes, use a zone where possible that they can do a little bit of five mm -hmm. ten minute work, but you don't ne necessarily have to have this hour blocked out for specific goalie a stuff. Absolutely not, and I think that's been one of the the biggest shifts um, that we've seen since we moved to the the player pathway. Um, yeah the national skills priorities, the national development themes, um, and a real emphasis on contextual, um, decision-rich environments, that we we want the goalkeepers to be involved in situations where they're replicating a game. Um, and I think that actually lends itself towards people that might classify themselves as outfield coaches, mm -hmm. working with the goalkeepers. Mm -hmm. um, I fully understand people's um, perhaps reservations mm -hmm. um, and maybe a bit of lack of confidence due to a lack of experience mm -hmm. um, but people have a lot of hockey experience um, the majority of games are played with 10 outfield players and a goalkeeper mm -hmm. there's lots that people have picked up on and maybe just taking the time to reflect on what do I actually think a goalkeeper should be doing and then starting a dialogue with their goalkeepers um, can, can open so many doors and, and just strip some of those um, anxieties around oh I've not got the level of technical knowledge lean on the goalkeepers ask them how it feels I think intrinsic feedback is huge with goalkeeping yeah. um, it's a very feel based role um, and that can then start to just chip away at some of those anxieties and people can uh, really contribute towards goalkeepers and they, they shouldn't be treated any differently so they're the same as an outfield player so the end in mind principles mm -hmm. are still there we're still trying to, trying to develop the person, yep. not not the player, necessarily. So again, all all completely the same. Absolutely. Yes, outfield players have three in possession, three out of possession yep. development themes. So, um, in in some respects, uh, goalkeepers have the three development themes, but mm -hmm. they're often doubled up, so they are actually six. Talk and organise. Yeah. Because you know, still two, still still two. Um, you touched so, on a really important yeah. thing there. There's still six things yeah. to work on. Um, it's certainly from a from a talk and organise um, perspective, I think a lot of goalkeepers perceive their role, um, and understandably so, they perceive their role to be keeping the ball out of the net. Mm -hmm. And if they're not making saves left, right and centre, or attempting to make saves left, right and centre, then they're not engaged, yeah. they're not doing their job, um, they're, they're not a part of a session. Yeah. Um, and I think those in-possession moments can be just as important and they can contribute just as much. Um, because they have such a privileged view of the pitch yeah. that we can really encourage people to be considering even you know some some basic things you don't need to have a, a high level knowledge of how we press or how we outlet but where's a pass yeah do we have some cover what does the space look like you know we don't need to delve into the depths of what um, counter cover looks like or things like that but just at a, almost a common sense level have we got huge spaces? Have we committed everyone down one side? Um, what can you see? What does it feel like? Do you feel like you could be under a bit of pressure if we lose the ball at any given moment? So 
delving into those eyes, ears, feel sort of questions, um, and that can be a, a, a brilliant way of just opening up a conversation with the goalkeeper. Um, the other thing, and I'm, I'm going to get on my soapbox for just a moment, <laughs> if you'll indulge me. Yes, um, this is what we need. Is that the one of the big obstacles is that we don't refer to goalkeepers by their names. Yeah. I've never known any coach refer to a midfielder as mid. Collectively, we might talk to our midfielders yeah. or our forwards as a group, yeah. but you don't hear the equivalent of keeps, yeah. goalie, yeah. keepers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, can we start to use names? Goalies are people too. Can we uh, operate on that human level yeah. and and start to to use names just because that mask has gone over the face because they've got the helmets on and all the pads? Yeah. There's there's still a person under there, so immediately we're, we're putting up a bit of a barrier if we refer mm -hmm. to them as a position in my mind um, yeah. and it sounds like a trivial thing but I think we create a, a physical separation off the back of that and we we make it this mysterious thing that's different yeah. can we it's another person yeah. it's another member of our team another member of our group how can we really bring them in start by using the name and I, I would take that a little bit further mm -hmm. the stuff that I, I did with uh, Russell Earnshaw when yep. he sort of brought some bits in was why do they turn up and do their own warm-up why do when other people go off and do this do they then go and put their kit on why why in team talks or in huddles are they not included etc so yep. and again I hadn't realized that that was happening um, but that wasn't necessarily just at my sessions not necessarily at your sessions I think that was happening at a variety of sessions that Rusty went to and, and yep. saw and from nags all the way down to club level um, so that was really interesting from, from my perspective so actually a couple of top tips would be call them by their name and yep. keeps second thing would be integrate them throughout so for warm ups um, that they're part of it they might yep. not want to go and do these fun little games with uh, the players or them if you still like to send yours out on a, on a run and a jog and a stretch then yep. um, I still have questions around that but hey that's because I don't we both do, do. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey if we can make it into a game they should be involved in the game mm -hmm. um, within the warm up and actually they're, they're, they you know others go off and put shin pads on and gum shields in yes it's going to take longer to get their kit on but actually make it into some kind of competition of getting their kits on with other goalkeepers and, and stuff like that I mean yeah conversation yeah. I've been having can we start to put a, a little bit of a, a time limit like yeah, you say yeah. induce some competition around kitting up yeah. um, I think for, for any goalkeeper that sort of 14, 15 years of age, six yeah. minutes is long enough. Yeah. Um, and you can frame that in all sorts of different ways depending on what the context of your environment is. Yeah. It might be if you if you are a competitive team that's mm -hmm. playing um, in in tournaments and things like that. Sort of, well, the match is being brought forward or bus was late arriving yeah, yeah, yeah. or you know something's changed. Can we actually prepare them for some of these real world situations which do occur? Um, but you don't even need to go that far. It's like let's just have some competition. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're a competitive group. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're sports people. Um, as I say, six six minutes um, is is more than long enough for the the vast majority of um, sort of fourteen, fifteen year olds and above. But it's really, really important. We can we can trivialise it as being oh well, they're just slow kitting up and they yeah. smell a bit funny and all <laughs> these sorts of of things that we we throw out there. But if you're kitting up probably at a time at which the the outfield group I hate making that distinction between the two but mm -hmm. it's it's a real one 
that's the point at which they're going to finish their warm up and their session is probably going to be being primed then yeah. the first exercise is going to be being yeah. explained yeah. and we're recapping if we've done a priming session or for the first time we're going over what our principles and our yeah. focus are for that session if the goalies aren't involved in that how can they contribute yeah. collectively um, as, as part of a team how do they know to maybe just tweak their language accordingly what are the key things that we're looking for so what are the terms that I'm going to be wanting to use that's a great opportunity that is completely missed if they are 10, 15, 50 yards away kitting up so getting them in there and it might mean that they're doing their warm slightly separately yeah. or the times are adjusted by yeah. 3, 4, 5 minutes but there can be still a huge overlap there they can still feel part of that team and actually even if we are asking them to warm up 5 minutes earlier so that they can kit up whilst the, the warm up's been finished then actually it shows that there's been that thought yeah. um, gone into it so you can play that one both ways but it's ultimately how can we get them involved in what the session looks like absolutely no, I saw a really good warm up with mm -hmm. Lee Eibel did where uh, there were I think it was probably four players in a in a in a group just yep. passing a ball mm -hmm. um, moving a ball in some respects um, and usually the, the pressure would probably be nothing they were just you know probably like it would be two pairs basically yep. hitting, hitting the ball between each other but then added the triangle yep goalkeeper one outfield player protecting the triangle uh, the only way you could score was if the ball went through the triangle mm -hmm. to, to another player and they're protecting that now all of a sudden that stick and ball warm-up is completely different and it's integrated a goalkeeper without it a doubt started to sound a lot like a rondo to me yeah, I'm yeah, a, yeah I'm some a kind of rondo huge was, yeah. fan yeah. of of rondos yeah. um because it it's one of those really easy ways of incorporating goalkeepers and outfield players into something that's that's got a common purpose. Mm -hmm. You can put the goalies either on the inside or the outside. They can be putting their kicking under a little yeah. bit of pressure. Yeah. But when they're in the middle, they are going through their entire skill set. Yeah. Um, they're diving, they're smothering, they're staying on their feet, they're closing angles, they're thinking about passing options. There's um, lots of pressure. There's tons yeah. of stuff going yeah, on there. And you're you can tweak those rondos in certain ways and change the numbers and the, the competition element to maybe be better suited towards what you're then going to go and focus on in the main body of your session but yeah they're a, they're a massive part of a, a good number of warm-ups that i do and i think they're really really useful we didn't finish the top tips so i mm -hmm. think we need to go back number three on the top tips was was uh, around them being involved in huddles team talks hi everyone yeah uh, and a good way that Rusty did is that the outfield players in this group were specifically primed that they couldn't speak until the goalkeeper had given feedback. So when the goalkeeper came in, he didn't realise this. Um, coach has gone, okay, group, ha how's people seeing? What, what's people's perceptions? Um, you know, what are you seeing on the pitch? What's yep. working? What's not working? And then the outfield players said anything. So in the goalie, everyone's sort of looking at the goalie, thinking, is he going to take the hint here? Mm -hmm. um, and then after all, you know, there's a slight pause. The goalie was, you could see the goalie was thinking, well, normally these players would normally have stepped up, but they haven't. So the coach then said to the goalkeeper, actually, goalie, no one else has said anything. He actually did say the word goalie, yeah, right tech, but he didn't know his name. Yeah. So, um, and he was a new coach, so it's fine. But actually, and then next thing, uh, he sort of said to him, so what are you seeing? Amazing what came out of the goalkeeper's mm -hmm. mouth. You know, not don't, but then my question was, how are you communicating this to your players on the pitch? Yeah. When I'm, I'm not, they don't really listen to me. Okay, we need to have a deeper. So then that left them to have that conversation. I don't think the boys realised just how much in depth this guy had seen, but he got a perfect view, by the way. So um, I think top tip would be integrate them as, in as much team talk huddles um, as possible. 
it's the reason that I coach. Um, Not my why, per se, but it's the reason that I became a coach. Um, Because when I was um, going through my final year or so of the single system, as it then was, um, I had a coach who encouraged myself, um, there were two goalkeepers in the squad, um, to almost act as informal assistant coaches. properly planned, properly considered, not just leaning on us mm-hmm. um, inappropriately to, to answer all the questions, but really valuing our contributions um, and and that ultimately, through a whole series of other things going on as well, made made me feel valued mm-hmm. and kind of went, oh well, I, I do think about these things, I this is this is almost coaching, mm-hmm. well actually you are a little bit, you, you, it's peer-to-peer coaching yeah. and from that that snowballed and I, I am where I am now. Yeah. Um, so not a bad place to be, is it? No. <laughs> and, you know, don't know it all. Always yeah. learning, always picking up new things through conversations like this. Um, but it, I think it's a very personal example, mm. but it just shows the value of some mm. of that. Um, but, yeah, we, we spend so much time as goalkeepers watching. Yeah. Um, we have to be reactive. We, there's limited things that we can do that are proactive, yeah. but to make a save, the ball has to come to us and has to be hit towards us or carried towards us before we can be making a save. So... We, we spend the vast majority of our time watching um, and there's quite a, a high percentage of international umpires that have had a goalkeeping um, background and they, they probably read the game quite well because they've seen a lot of the game from their, their playing <laughs> history. So we get to a point where that contribution can be massive. Yeah. Um, there's little obstacles to that which are so easily avoidable but happen all over in that we can be having these group discussions and actually the goalkeepers are sat on the backboard. Yeah. They're, they're sat in the goal, they're 50 yards away or so. Um, and we, we don't think to call them over because we don't just take that little step back as, as coaching groups and go, yeah, there's someone missing from this. Yeah. Um, you know, If we're a team, let's, let's genuinely be about a team. And there's some questions there that we can start to prime the goalkeepers for so that they, they can tailor their communication and it's not just, well, I'm seeing everything. It's actually... Well, relating back to our principles, I want you to focus on yeah. well, how many times did we change from a back three to a back four or a back five if we're looking at some of the outletting stuff. Um, you know, a, a, a lower, younger level, where's their space? How were we attacking? Were we left side or right side? You can make it appropriate to the group, mm. but then just start to get their feedback on it. What did you see? Yeah. And then the follow-up question is the key thing. So, right, so what do you suggest? How could we maybe do it differently? Why do you think we were doing that? what was the reason and then that can stimulate some debate um, and if we can get the goalkeepers involved in that then they have a reason for paying attention when the yep. ball's not being hit at them um, and it, it, it gives them a focus as long as that discussion is considered and mm-hmm. thought about in advance and so it, it doesn't feel like oh just off the cuff well you're involving me for the sake of involving me it's actually well, how can you contribute to that now? Have you changed your positioning? Um, there's tons of stuff that can, can go there simply from asking them, what did you see as yeah. that start question? And yeah. then it can snowball from there. Indeed. We talked a lot here about some higher level stuff. Yep. I'm going to bring it all the way back down to goalies, boy, girl, mm-hmm. 11, 12, 13, yep. 14, started up, really started to sort of, okay, we've, we've got the kit on. Um, we're now wanting to sort of develop them. We're obviously going to use the development themes. Yep. We're obviously going to try and incorporate them into the, the coaching sessions. 
what would it look like at club for you? What, how would how would that sort of start now? Someone's got an idea. They yep. think, right? Actually, we're not really we're not doing our goalkeepers a service here. We need to do better service. What what can we do? I think there's a, a huge emphasis in in recent years put on small sided games, yep. and we can involve goalies in those. Yep. Um, I think something that's probably misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Um, at least on occasion from the golden thread is looks like a game and yeah. some people can take that as meaning well we're going to play either 11 aside across a full pitch or 7 aside across half a pitch yeah. um, which for goalies can be actually quite um, quite exclusionary um, and, and put them at the side so you know if we've got small sided games on can, can they be involved in those even if it's uh, an end zone game can mm-hmm. they be defending a certain element of that again does it look like a game so are we asking them to cover 20 yards or asking them to cover a, a, a goal width yeah. space um, interestingly we always use big goals we use full size goals for the vast majority of hockey so mm-hmm. you know it might be that you've got five side goals can we ask them to cover that space so mm-hmm. there's going to be lower shots and it encourages um, some confidence to be built around the fundamentals of kicking and, mm-hmm. and footwork um, again the, the rondos and some of the possession games can they contribute to winning the ball back and um, and the, the passing and using their feet in a slightly more of a football style so that they're, they're building that skill set um, basically asking yourself if this was an outfield player that could yeah. use their feet what would their involvement look like and does it afford some involvement with that um, so I've think, seen sorry to stop you I've no, seen in there that the small sided game stuff mm-hmm. I, I'll take you to a few sessions that I've been um, uh, outfield players a mm-hmm. lot of rewards so there might be points for a few things so points around maybe potentially how we're winning the ball back because yep. they're looking at sort of stop to go forward and then they're thinking about the second set of points being around you know the the, the how do we move the ball carry the ball or goal score yep. you know what's the best option to go forward and there might be some kind of point around that or two points or three points or five so there might be two or three things but then I'm not seeing any goalie points yeah and that that really frustrates me so I think what you're sort of saying is have that built what what we're doing is make sure the link so if we go to a smaller goal mm-hmm. yeah I mean if, if, uh, if an outfit if we're working on goal scoring for instance and in a game they uh, they score in a smaller goal because the, the, the five side goal might be inside the, the hockey goal but actually yep. the, the the five points for the outfield players like if you score in that five side goal then that's five points but actually for every save that the the goalie does of that and stops that in a particular way if you want to go really technical yep. we go specific save or we could just go stop them from scoring into there with a you know save and clear or make a connection from the save then they get five points that's the sort of thing that I would have liked to have seen but I don't see enough of and sorry I've, to have put it in no no not a, at all that was a prime time for me to go that's where there seems to be a disconnect and that's probably where I, I jump into a small sided game yeah. or any sort of um, unit play situation and I'm immediately going well what how can we involve the goalkeepers in, in yeah. that sort of way so no I've I've fallen into the, the trap that, that many find themselves doing there and going well, that that should be a given but we yeah. we don't think about it no, we didn't. Um, but you know I, I come back to why yeah it comes yeah. back to are we viewing them as a member of the team mm-hmm. and then we can we can go from there if we are we'll probably have considered what sort of point scoring they can do and it, it's huge because they're they're then contributing they feel like they they have a a, a reason for really involving themselves in the session um, you've alluded to sort of save and clear yeah. can we can we have a 
a tiered point system yeah, for that. Yeah, so yeah. something that we've been doing today, actually, um, uh, again, it induces a little bit of competition as well. Five points for any save that went straight out of the circle with a, a single movement, so a genuine save mm -hmm. clear, mm -hmm. and out of the D being uh, a key um, area, simply because it means that we can't have another goal scoring opportunity without yeah. a, a couple of phases of play. Mm -hmm. um, and then one point for any save that stayed in that area mm -hmm. and any subsequent saves from there. A point scored for the goalies if they managed to score against the other goalkeepers. Yeah. This is in the context of some some penalty corner work, um, and then rebounding off the back of that. Um, and we were we were keeping score off the back of that. Um, and the way that the goalkeepers responded to that, even as as under 18s, you know, as as young adults, was was fantastic. Um, they they really enjoyed that. They were thinking, oh, what, what do I need to do to win? We talk about that with outfield groups a lot. Yeah. Find a way to win. What do we need to do to win? Mm. And that bit of competition amongst the goalkeepers always goes down well. Yeah. Mate, that just, just blown my mind on a few things. But um, as ever, it's great, great to chat goalkeeper. And I, I appreciate that a lot of listeners go, wow, that was that high. And we've spent a little bit of time on some lower end stuff. But mm -hmm. I, I think another pod we could definitely do about starting up with goalkeepers getting and maybe get some questions in from people and ask answer some questions around there but mate really appreciate your time i know you've had a long day so no uh, that's really cool um just just to finish off particularly for the, the younger goalkeepers something that i'm keen on um is to particularly sort of under 10s under 12s yeah. even going to under 14s um i grew up in yorkshire brilliant youth hockey league um system that was was championed by phil thomas who very sadly passed away recently um and a, a huge loss for, for hockey in the area. Um, but, you know, there's, there's similar things happening all around the country, these tournaments um, on a, a monthly basis or something like that, where you play four or five games at each, each meet. Can we encourage different people to be playing in goal in those games? Can we share the experience so we're getting people that are, are really good hockey players, both in goal, out of goal, and give people a, a little bit of a feel for it? Investing in some good kit, um, so that people feel safe, using some different balls, building up confidence, and then I think the more people that we can engage in goalkeeping, um, the the better. It's a really good place. We've got some great goalkeepers as sort of heroes and aspirational role models um, in GB at the moment, and it, I think we can really capitalise on that moving forward. So just a, a thing to finish us off that I would love to see more in clubs and schools trying mm. to do um, to to encourage more people to, to give goalkeeping a go um, and who knows where one of those players might end up over the next decade or so yeah for sure it'd be pretty cool wouldn't it in like an under under 10s little festival you have to play in every position or something or in every line depends how you guard it and how you'd, well, hopefully under 10s are 6 a side or 5 a side or maybe even four side, but we're no goalkeepers at that point probably but so if we're going to start something there where you're actually going to introduce a goal it'd be great if you know if once they've played in one game or one period in goal that they then move into a different line that'd be that'd be pretty there's cool. a whole other yeah. podcast there but um yeah, yeah, start it's, now, yeah it's something it's that i would love to see people trying um just just to break down some of those barriers and and let people have a go it's about playing it's about enjoyment it's about having fun um, so, can we can we really make that that role fun? Um, and that'd be my challenge to two people that are listening: go out there, explore it, have a have a play around with it, 
um, have confidence in, in what you know and can you make it make it fun awesome as ever it's been great good chatting great sorry not great great we we will definitely catch up again Super. thanks a lot fam. looking forward to it cheers, cheers mate, mate.